into the, the passage of Scripture, <clears throat> I want to talk about our earthly desires. Now, everyone in this sanctuary and everybody listening in online has desires, right? We have desires for things, desires to do things, experience things. All of us have desires, right? Yes. I know when a preacher gets up here, we talk about desires and earthly desires. We usually kind of slump back in our seats like, oh, please don't talk about that one. We're talking about good ones today, okay? Because not all desires are bad, right? Not all earthly desires are always negative. So, for instance, some of you might be sitting there thinking, preacher, make this one quick because I got a good lunch waiting on me. Anybody admit that? Yeah, no one's going to raise their hand on that one. But we have desires to eat and to drink. We have desires to be successful, to learn what we can learn, to have fun, right? We have, we have earthly desires. We have things that we want to do, and we have things that we want to experience. But what I have found out about desires is when we desire something, those desires usually come with an expectation, right? We have expectations with whatever it is that we're desiring. You know, if you order food, you expect it to come out the way you order it. If you go on a fun trip, you expect it to be everything, you, everything you've ever wanted, right? All the fun and excitement and the joy that it was promised. You see, an expectation is a strong belief that something will happen. Like I just said, if you order food, you expect it to come out the way you ordered it, right? So when, so when I go to a restaurant, when I take my wife out on a date, and I order a medium-rare steak, who else is a rare to medium-rare person? Give me your hands. Listen to me. You select few. You are correct. The rest of you, I hate to tell you this, are wrong, all right? <laughs> medium-rare or rare is the only way to eat steak. Now, when I order a medium-rare steak, I always cut into it because I want to make sure I see that nice red line, you got to have that nice red line, otherwise it's not steak, okay? Now, my father-in-law, my beautiful wife's father, I love him. The man doesn't know how to eat steak, and I make sure he knows it every time he orders it. Because he tells the waitress, I want it to come out like a piece of charcoal. Now, that's not exactly what he says. I'm lying to you this morning. But he does say, I want it well done. And when he gets it, you can ask her, am I wrong? It looks like a piece of charcoal. when It, hit, it sounds like it's a block is hitting the table, and I say, that's gross. But... When he has that desire to have his good steak, he wants it to come out well done, right? We all have expectations. When we have desires, we, 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 we want it to be there. When we have desires for something, we have that expectation it's going to be there. When you go to the sink and you turn on the faucet, what do you expect to come out? Water, right? You have that expectation that water is going to be there. When you head out today and you get out to the parking lot and you turn on your car and you crank up that heat, what do you expect to blow out? Nice warm air, right? Because when we asked Alexa this morning, it was 18 degrees. It was pretty cold. So you have the expectation that your heat's going to work. You have everyday expectations. When you flip on a light switch, what do you expect? The light to come on, right? You have these expectations, everyday expectations. However, some expectations are unrealistic, correct? You have desires, but sometimes those expectations can be a little bit unrealistic. For instance, when I go fishing... I have expectations that I'm going to catch the biggest, meanest fish in the lake. And you can ask Glenn Jacobs. That is a very unrealistic expectation for me, isn't it, Glenn? <laughs> One out of how many times I've been out fishing. <laughs> but that's an, honestly, for me to say I'm going to catch the biggest, meanest, baddest fish in the lake, that is an unrealistic expectation. Now, let's talk about football for a minute. 
an unrealistic expectation. Every year, all sports fans say this same thing. Come on, Mark, you know I'm not wrong. This is our year. Every football fan says it. This is our year. However, how many teams win the Super Bowl? One. So for millions of fans saying this is our year, that's an unrealistic expectation, is it not? Especially if you're a Steelers fan, that is an unrealistic expectation. <laughs> Sorry. I, us Bengals fans got to pick on Steelers, especially once we start winning. We got to pick on them a little bit. We, lo- we, lo- we love Steelers fans, but, you know, unrealistic expectations. But, but seriously, some expectations are unrealistic. So we have, we have everyday expectations that are more likely going to happen, and then we have unrealistic expectations. However, should we have expectations? Are expectations a bad thing, or should we have expectations? And I want to tell you this morning that I genuinely believe that expectations are okay. It is a belief that something is going to happen. Now, it may not happen the way we expect it, but it's an expectation that something is going to happen. And we should have expectations in both our everyday life and our spiritual life. In our spiritual lives, we should have expectations for ourselves and for others. We should, we should expect the best for ourselves. We should expect ourselves to be the best that we can be, to be the best disciples, to continue in our faith, to hold ourselves to a very high standard. And we should expect that for those around us. We should expect that for everybody that's sitting next to you right now, to have the expectation to be the best Christian that you can be. All of us should have that expectation for ourselves and for everybody else. We should have high expectations. Now, I understand that, well, we're people, right? We're human beings. And guess what? We're not perfect, right? However, we should still have the expectation to be the best Christians that we can be. And we should expect, listen to me, we should expect God to move. Amen? We should always expect that God is going to be doing something in our lives and our friends' lives and in the church's life. Amen? Let me give you a biblical example of this. Luke chapter 5 is where we're going to be at. Luke chapter 5, beginning with verse 17. And this is where Jesus heals the paralytic man. And I'm going to read to verse 20. And it says, One day, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law who came from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem were sitting there. And the power of the Lord was presented for him to heal the sick. Some men carrying a paralytic on a mat, tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. And when they could not find a way to do this before, because of the crowd, they went to the roof and lowered him on a mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. Listen to this, verse 20. Absolutely love it. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Mm. He said that because he saw their faith, friend, your sins are forgiven. And then as we continue reading through that passage, you'll see that Jesus ended up healing the man. And he says, I tell you, get up and take your mat and go home. Hallelujah, church. That's a testimony of how powerful our God is. That's the Savior that, that we testify and sing to, that he said, your sins are forgiven, but wait, I'm not done. Pick up your mat and go home. And a paralytic man, a man that had been paralyzed for years, 
stands up and walks home after being lowered through the roof in front of Jesus. Now, this story took place at the beginning of Jesus' ministry here on earth. He was performing miracles and healing. He was teaching, and he had begun calling his 12 disciples. And in this particular story, Jesus was teaching a group of people, and there was not, a, there was not enough room. People were surrounding Jesus so much so that, that they were out in the halls. They were out into the streets. And can you imagine that being so packed into a place that, 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 that nobody could move, that, that they were trying to see him from a distance? But here they are. They have a man that, that needed healing, and what did they do? They found a way to, to take it, take him to him. You see, they wanted to reach Jesus because they were accompanied by a paralyzed man. They were carrying their friend because what they do? They believed and trusted that Jesus could heal him. They believed and trusted. They had an expectation that Jesus was going to move. They believed the stories of Jesus so much that they went into extreme measures to get this man to Christ. They had so much faith in Jesus. Listen to me, church. They had so much faith in his deity, in his healing abilities, that they went to the rooftop and lowered the man on a mat in the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Think about that for just a second. Now, when we read biblical stories like this, oftentimes we, 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 the, the, the central focus is typically Jesus and the man or, or the woman that he's communing with, Right? We typically focus on those two individuals, Jesus Christ and the person he's communing with. Now, what I want to do this morning is I want to focus not only on Jesus, right? I, obviously, the central focus is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, amen? That is the central focus. And obviously, we need to focus on the paralyzed man because the paralyzed man had faith as well. But what I want to do this morning is I also want to take just a moment, and I want us to look at the men, the friends that took the paralytic man to Jesus, and as I said, we, we've been talking about expectations, and I want you to think about this for, for just a moment. Think about what kind of expectations those men had to go to those great lengths to get their friend to Jesus. Think about that for a minute. Think about the belief, the trust, the faith, and the expectations that they had, the, the belief that Jesus was going to do something. That's an expectation. It's the belief that something is going to happen. Think about the expectations that those men must have had to say, what we're going to do is we're going to get on this roof. You know what? Jesus is way over there. We know, we know that Jesus can heal this man. We know it. We believe it. We trust in it. So instead of just waiting back for the crowd to clear, here's what we're going to do. We have so much expectation that this man's going to be healed, that we're going to get on that roof. We're going to kind of maybe tear it apart just a little bit, but we are going to find a way to lower him to them. And we are going to get this man to Jesus Christ so Jesus can move. Think about that expectation, that belief, and that trust for a moment. Do you think that maybe those men said, well, we're going to go to extreme measures to get him to Christ, but you know what? Nothing's actually going to happen. You think that was their mindset? We're, what we're going to do is we're going to, I don't know if you've ever had to carry somebody before, but the human body weighs a lot, especially when the human body cannot help you move. All right, it's what they call dead weight. If you've ever had to pick somebody else, somebody up who's limp, that is a very heavy process. And what they did is they took this man, they had to, he couldn't help them, carried, them, carried him up to a roof and then lowered him down. Do you think they did all of that to say, you know what, Jesus probably won't do anything, but let's just give it a try. 
Let's just, let's just do it out of obligation because it's, a, it's, a, it's the right thing to do. Or do you think they actually believed and trusted, had the faith and expectation that Jesus was actually going to move? Think about that. When they lowered the paralyzed man, they fully expected and believed that Jesus would heal him. And amazingly, Jesus healed him. He saw their faith and he said, I forgive you and I heal you. And this story is, is amazing in so many ways. There, they, we could spend weeks on this story alone talking about the different, different components of it, the different people in it, what Jesus did. These men had, and, and one, one of the amazing things is these men had the opportunity to see Jesus Christ in the flesh. They had the opportunity and the blessing to experience Jesus Christ in person. Can you guys imagine that for a minute? To be able to actually see Jesus in that house, in that building, and say, man, look what he's doing. Can, how amazing would that have been? However, when we look at it in today's context, many people say, well, we don't have that same experience. But I want you to know something this morning. We might not have the opportunity to go to Jesus in the same fashion as these men, but we still have the opportunity to commune with him as they did. Do you guys know that? We, we, in our context, we can see we got to translate into our context. We may not have the opportunity to go to Jesus in a house, rip apart somebody's roof, and lower people down. However, we still have an opportunity to go to him. Did you guys know that? It's a neat thing that we call prayer. Now, it may look different than it did in this story, but we can go to Jesus in the same way, and that's through prayer. That's why we started our, our prayer group on Sunday night. We still get to talk with Jesus. We still get to approach Jesus. We can still go to Jesus as these men did with faith, believing, and trusting. You see, through prayer, we can approach Jesus with our paralyzed, our hurting, our suffering. We can lift those up who cannot lift themselves up, and we can take them to Jesus, church. We have that opportunity. You see, see when we read these stories, we're like, well, I, don't, I can't do that the way they did that, but that's okay because we can still take people to Jesus. We can still take our needs to Jesus. However, let me ask you something this morning. What are you expecting when you pray? You see, it may look different than it did then. We may not be lowering people through the roofs, but we can still approach Jesus the way they did. We have the opportunity. See, our, our God is not dead. The grave could not keep him. And therefore, we get to approach Jesus in the same way. So what are we doing when we approach him? How are we going, how are we going to Jesus? Do we have the same expectations they did? Or are we doing what I like to call empty prayers? Are we just saying words? What do we expect when we go to the Lord? You see, as imperfect human beings, we have opportunity and blessing to speak and to meet the creator of the universe. We get to go to the creator of the universe. We get to go to the God who looked at death and said, you got nothing on me. Who was able to forgive our sins before you and I were even a thought, before our parents were even a thought, or our grandparents. We get to go to the God of all creation, the God, in prayer. But how do we approach his throne? Are we going with the expectation that he's actually going to move? Or are we just empty praying? Praying without really any thought behind, any belief, any trust that God's actually going to be faithful and move. Well, pastor, he doesn't answer the prayers the way I think. doesn't matter how you think. 
Are we expecting God to actually move? Are we expecting him to actually deliver? Or are we just going to him because it's a neat idea? Think about this for a minute. I want you to go back to when you were a child. Think back to when you were little. And you would go to your parents. And when you would ask your parents a question, how would you approach them? Would you go to them thinking, man, I'm going to go to my mom and dad because I know they have the answer. I'm going to ask them a question because I know they have the answer. Or did you go to mom and dad thinking, hey, can you help me? You know what? You're dumb. You don't have the answer. Walk away. How did you approach your parents? You went to your parents with the expectation that they were going to give you the answer, right? So when I was a little kid, I would always go to, we always had to do our homework at the dining room table. So my, my dad could see to make sure that we were actually doing it. Anyway, that's a whole other story. So we would do our homework at the dining room table. And when I had a question, I would go to my dad. I'd say, Dad, I need help with this. Why did I do that? Is it because I thought my dad was dumb and didn't have the answers? Why did I go to my father? Because I believed he had the answers, Right? I believe that, you know what, this, I, I, I struggled with math. I couldn't, I, I still, she helps me with it. I'll sit there and try to add stuff up. Like, what's this discount? And I'm like, I don't know. I handed it to her. Hey, what's this discount? I'm terrible with math. So I had to go to my dad and say, Dad, what helped me with this problem? Did I go to him with the expectation that he was going to actually help me with the problem? Absolutely I did. Now, my dad was one of those guys that, 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 that when I took it to him, he would always, or if I'd take a spelling word, like, Dad, how do I spell this word? He'd say, sound it out, right? He wouldn't just give me the answer. He would also, with math problems, he would help me walk it out, right? He'd help me take a step by step. He wouldn't just give me the answer. What would he do? He would walk me through it. But I went to him. Why? Because I believed he had the answer. I believed he could help me. I believed that by the end of the, our time together, I would come out with the right answer. Are we approaching our Lord and Savior the way that we used to approach our parents as children? Are we going to him? Are we expecting him to move when we pray? What do we expect when we pray, church? What do we expect when we go to the Lord? If you go back to the story, they had full expectations of Jesus moving. They, they believed that he was going to heal, heal this man. It says then, if you go to verse 20, verse 20 is kind of the highlight. In, in my opinion, that's the, that's the verse that we should highlight out of this passage. There's so much going on. You should highlight the whole passage. But, but verse 20 really is the takeaway. Look what it says in verse 20. When Jesus saw their what? Faith. When Jesus saw their faith. Meaning, meaning they believed, but they couldn't necessarily see. They didn't know what was going to happen. But they had faith that Jesus was going to do something for this man. They knew that Jesus was going to move. He no, Notice what it says. He saw their faith. Ladies and gentlemen, let me ask you again. What do we expect when we pray? What do we expect when we pray? What are we praying for? When we take our sick, our hurting, when we take our needs, well, whatever we take, do we take it with faith like these men did? That Christ is actually going to move, that the Holy Spirit is actually going to move, or are we praying empty prayers, speaking words with no belief in our hearts? How are we praying, church? And, and I know what you may be thinking. I'm not, this is not trying to, ins I'm not trying to insult anybody saying that you guys don't pray. I know you guys pray because you guys have prayed for my family. You guys have helped us through things. I, I have heard your all's prayers. I know you pray, right? You might be thinking, well, pastor, I, I pray hard. I pray with faith, and, and, and God still isn't moving. Here's what I need you to know, church. God has timing. And God, we talked about this a few weeks ago. God's timing is perfect. Listen to me. God is moving. Pray through is what I've always been taught. Keep praying. Don't quit. 
don't give up. But understand, challenge yourself. Question, how am I praying? I, but you might be saying, well, pastor, I, I, I prayed for years. Then keep praying. If you go, if you go back to the Old Testament, look at, look at Job. Do we know the, does everyone know the story of Job? The, 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 the righteous man that lost everything, right? When, when, when Satan approached God and said, let me have him, God said, he will not leave me. And he was thrown into the fire. Job lost everything. He was put through the test. He was put through the fire, resulting in what? Job never left. Job never left God, ladies and gentlemen. He said, you can take everything from me, but I know the one true God. Staying faithful, and if you go to the end of, if you go to the, end of the book, he was blessed abundantly, amen? And if you go to Lazarus, go to the New Testament, and you see the story of Lazarus, you see God had the power to prevent him from dying. However, Lazarus died. Why? Well, if you go to the end of that story, it's, it was in order for God to be glorified. God did something amazing, right, church? He raised somebody from the dead. You see, we don't always have the answers. There, there will be times when we have to go through the fire. There will be times when we have to face the tests, when we have to go through the battles, where we have to face the struggles. But listen to me. If you stay with him, if you do not leave him, he will bless you and he will give you the strength to pull through. You just have to keep going to Jesus, keep praying with expectancy, and understand that these blessings, honestly, I can't tell you they're going to happen this side of eternity. They may not. I wish I could stand here and say that if you just pray through, you're going to be blessed. All of you are going to be millionaires. I can't say that, but I can promise you that you are going to be blessed. It may not, it just may not be on this side of eternity. But if you have faith and believe, the perseverance will be rewarded with an eternity with him. Listen to me, it may not per turn out perfect on this side of eternity, but perfection, listen to me, perfection will come and you can expect that. Don't leave the faith. Instead, pray with an expectancy, knowing that you can expect an eternity in paradise with him. Listen to me, these men had the expectation that Jesus was going to heal him, right? And, and we see that, that, that on this side of eternity, he was healed, amen? And, and we all have that prayer, don't we? That when we go to him, we say, Lord, heal this person. We have the expectation that, he's gonna, that they're, they're going to be healed in that moment. But what we don't see, listen to me, what we don't see in this story are the years that this man spent laying paralyzed on a mat. We think, why do I have to suffer for so long? Look at these stories. Jesus healed this man, right? But that's a small glimpse of that man's life. What we don't see are the years spent laying on the mat. You don't think he got discouraged? You don't think he, he would sit there and think, why am I not being healed? He's seeing all these other people be healed, but yet here he is on a mat. Why do I have to continue laying there? How many times do you think he asked why he had to endure such a burden? You see, we, we always love the outcome, don't we? We always love a success story. However, everybody wants to be successful. Everybody wants to see these amazing things. But how many people want to go through the fire to get there? We want the miracles, but what we don't see are the years spent in the suffering, in the fire, in the trials. Sometimes we have to go through it, ladies and gentlemen. How many years did this man spend on a mat? This man was paralyzed, but because of that, listen to me. We're able to testify about our Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Jesus is able to be glorified because of this. That's the point of this story. 
is that Jesus is glorified. So yeah, you and I, we're going to face trial. Everyone does. If you, if you look at this, uh, the life of Jesus Christ himself, right? Jesus Christ, came, he was God in flesh. However, even he faced struggles. I wish I could tell you guys that if you pray with expectancy, everything's going to be perfect. I can't. I just have to encourage you to continue to pray with expectancy that God's going to move because everyone goes through it. Our Lord and Savior, God himself, here on earth went through it. He faced the trials of temptation. He faced the trials of, of being denied. He faced the trials of being betrayed. I mean, think about what Jesus Christ went through. You think you and I are going to get off scot-free? We're going to go through things. But hear me when I say this. If we cling to Jesus and continue to bring our needs and burdens to him through God, through our faith in God, we can see him be glorified. And we get to spend an eternity with him. So let me ask you this, ladies and gentlemen. What do we expect when we pray? When you go to prayer, what are you expecting? Do we expect Jesus to actually move or are we just praying empty prayers? Do we believe that Jesus can and still will heal people? Do we believe that through a loved one's death, God can be glorified? Do we pray and expect God to actually hear us and move, ladies and gentlemen? Or are we praying empty prayers? Let me, let me encourage you to do three things as you, as you go to Jesus, as these men did. Here's what I think we should do. Number one is this, and we're going to go through these kind of quickly, is pray with boldness. When you go to God, go boldly. Go with bold expectation that God's going to do something. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to read that story and see who was there. The Pharisees were there, right? Now, the Pharisees were the religious leaders that were kind of strict and kind of mean. Here's, and they, they were doing everything they could to stop Jesus. They did not want Jesus to do what Jesus was doing. However, these men believed and understood who Jesus was, and they said, we don't care that the Pharisees are in this crowd. We don't care. Listen to this. They said, we don't care if our friends and family think that we're crazy. What we're going to do is we are going to get on the roof. We're going to take our friend who has been paralyzed for years, who has been, who has been crying and struggling and praying, but nothing nothing's happened. Now here's his time. So what we're going to do is we are going to boldly take our friend on top of this roof and we're going to lower them down in front of Jesus. You know what? Better yet, we don't really care that he's teaching the crowd. Our friend needs him. So what we are going to do is we are going to be bold and we're going to take him to Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, you and I need to mirror that boldness. When you got a need, when you, when, when you have a concern, when you have a prayer, listen to me. Pray with boldness. Pray with expectancy that God's going to move. Pray, you know what, God, I know this is hard right now. I know this, I know this struggle hurts. Lord, I know I'm in pain, but I know you're going to move. I know that I can glorify you in the midst of it. I am going to be bold. I'm not going to hide my faith. I'm going to be like these men. I'm going to get on top of that roof, and I'm going to say, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ heals and has the power to do anything. He is the authority in heaven, ladies and gentlemen. Why are we afraid to testify about that? Listen to me. You are praying to the creator of the universe. Pray with some boldness. Pray with the expectancy that Jesus Christ can do anything because he is our God, the one true God. Amen. Pray with boldness. Secondly, pray with expectations. Have I said that enough yet? You think I, I, I kind of want you guys to leave here knowing that? Pray with boldness, but pray with expectations. Expect Jesus to work and move. Do so with the understanding that God will answer your prayer, but in his timing and in the manner that glorifies him. This is not about you and I. This isn't, it, it's not. This is about glorifying God. And understand that, you know what, I have expectations. They may not be, they, they may not turn out the way I expect, 
But what I do expect is for Jesus to move in his timing and in his wisdom and in his knowledge. Amen? Pray with boldness. Pray with expectations. And lastly is this. Pray with bold faith. When you pray, cling to faith, knowing that Jesus hears you, he loves you, and no matter the circumstance, he's watching over you. Pray with boldness, pray with expectations, and pray with a bold faith. We say it all the time, have faith and believe. Well, what does that mean? It's like a fire, right? You see, a fire cannot burn without material. It doesn't just happen. You have to have, you have, to have either a log or paper or kindling or something. A fire has to have material to burn. Ladies and gentlemen, faith, Faith is the material behind our prayers. That is what makes our prayers burn. Otherwise, it's just empty prayers. Faith is the, is, is the material for the fire or for the prayer of fire. You have to have faith behind it. We as a church, listen to me, we have to learn to pray with boldness, pray with expectations that the Holy Spirit will work and move. And we need to pray with faith, believing that God is working even when we don't understand even in the tough times. Amen. And remember this, as, our, as Pastor Tani and the worship team come to lead us again, remember Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Amen. Stand to your feet with us again. And as you do, I'm going to read it to you one more time. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Ladies and gentlemen, he saw their faith, and because of that, he was healed. Amen.
instead of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we are coming to you today with expectant faith, knowing that you are in control, knowing that you're still moving and that you're not going to abandon us. Lord, I do want to lift up my friends and family at Greenwood. Lord, as they go through this pastoral search, Lord, we expect, we know, we trust and believe that you're going to put the right pastor in place who's going to be able to lead them into the future post-COVID. Lord, we know that. And so, Lord, we pray that you prepare their hearts. We pray that, Lord, you prepare our hearts here. And, Lord, I know that there are needs in this sanctuary this morning and online. And, Lord, we have the expectant faith, and we trust you, that you're going to take that need and that you're going to transform it. And help us, Lord, to be able to leave here today with encouragement, knowing that you are still moving and that the Holy Spirit is with us everywhere we go. And as we leave here today, Lord, it is cold outside. There is ice on the roads. We do pray for traveling mercies. Help us all to be able to make it home safely. And it's in your glorious and holy name that we pray this. And everybody said it. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. I love you. And we'll see you tonight at 630 for the prayer meeting, or 530 for the prayer meeting. <laughs>